Welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, I, like I said, I got started late this morning, but I had a good run and uh, made breakfast, which is nice, which I'll eat later. So it's not breakfast, but I made it in the morning. <laughs> um, but I have been writing for the last week on um, codependency and romantic relationships. And uh, I had done a chapter on it in the book. I've done a podcast episode um, a few months ago, and now we're writing it for a workshop that we'll be having in Albuquerque at Discovering Greatness in September, uh, and it'll be, uh, I think, like a five-part series, and we're creating a workshop on conscious dating. Um, as I was thinking about a topic and kind of, you know, reaching out, reaching out to people and like, what should I talk about? Um I got a request for uh, conscious breakups, so uh, or conscious disconnection. Um, it's interesting to think about this idea of dating and pairing and partnering with other people. Um, and so, when we consider that it is our drive as as human beings, and and I think in nature, like just animals, all all creatures and beings, uh, you know have this drive to connect and when we do and we're doing it consciously it is a large part of self-awareness to kind of recognize you know who we are and then how are we in in relationship to another person um i've worked with couples for a long time uh, i actually really wanted to work with couples at the beginning of my career and i took a class and did some things i also took um continuing education credits on working with couples and working on relationship. Now, I, we say couples counseling, but honestly, it's it's all kinds of romantic pairings. Um, I've worked with poly couples. I've worked with uh, lots of different, you know, uh, groups of humans who are in romantic relationship. And the romantic relationship is a very uh, distinct and separate kind of relationship, different from parent-child, different from friends, different from uh, co-workers, colleagues, co-workers and colleagues. Um, it is, it is very much an intimate connection with another human being, not just physically, but it's a sharing of your life experience in a season. And so when I have worked with, in, in romantic relationship counseling uh, or therapy, what I would say to clients is that they're, you know, generally speaking, two individuals, uh, but the, the, the relationship is my client and really assessing the fitness of that connection. And obviously people don't come to my office when things are great. Uh, I've mentioned that before. Occasionally, and I do strongly recommend when people first get together to, uh, you know, kind of assess their uh, connection. A lot of times connection is physical and aesthetic and uh, commonalities, right? Um, what we find more often than not is there are a lot of differences. And so when I have worked with couples in the past, uh, especially when there are challenges, what I like to assess is kind of their uh, families of origin and where they came from that created their world perspective. And it's interesting because I, f I find it fascinating generally. When two humans get together, they find connection, right? Like I said, commonality or attractiveness or attraction or whatever it is. Um, and then getting it to work in a long-term kind of way is very interesting uh, because these two humans were not born of the same household, generally, uh, specifically, but they have different different worldviews. 
a lot of times what will happen is that their you know family of origin perspective uh, creates connection because I never saw the world that way. That's an interesting perspective. Tell me more about that. Um, and then when they cohabitate, there's a whole nother level of understanding and really kind of having that connection deepen or grow because then they're building something together uh, from that world perspective, separate and different and distinct from one another. It's really it's fascinating to me as someone who studies the human experience regularly uh, when two people get together because they have these exchanges of tell me who you are, let me understand you further. And when we have a season or several seasons with another person, that that um, that connection and the cohesion of two, you know, souls or experiences. And I say two, but it can be more um, deepens generally. Now, what also happens in several seasons of a life is that we grow sometimes further, you know, together, but also we grow apart. And that happens with experience, that happens with circumstance, that happens with situations, um, because we are experiencing the world uh, from our own perspective. As that continues to to grow and change, and, and so a lot of times I talk about, you know, we grow and change over time. I, I reiterate that and state it often because it is an important piece to keep in mind. Um, when we are actively in the process of growing and changing, our perspective changes because of our experience. And in relationship, sometimes our world perspective or even our, our, our limited perspective shifts and usually away from our partner. Not always, but it is a process um, when people get married, a lot of times people say, oh, marriage is hard. <laughs> and it is like, you know, cohabitating and, and partnering with the ideal of, of long-term connection can be super challenging because it takes work. And so that is another thing that people say to couples who are thinking about getting married or whatever. It's hard and it takes work. That is true. And sometimes it ends and it changes in such a way that yes, there are, you know, traumatic and difficult breakups that are precipitated by uh, really difficult things. Uh, infidelity is one of them. Uh, changes in finances is one of them. Uh, changes in circumstance, uh, adding humans, like making children, uh, losing people. And those things definitely affect how we are connecting because we each experience them from our own perspective. Now that said, the idea of conscious disconnection is something that takes time and a lot of introspection, a lot of thought about who am I as a human being, who am I in this relationship, and is this relationship something that is perpetuating our growth and change in a positive way? I will tell you that in my experience as someone who has been married or was married for a long time, uh, the disconnection or the separation took longer than, you know, that immediate, like, screw you, screw you, I'm out. Um, it was not ever dramatic in that way. Um, it was more of a, like, a slow disconnection of our lives um, as, you know, as I was doing things and he was doing things and, and it just wasn't gelling anymore to the point that 
you know, we got to this place where we were essentially, you know, friends, just two people who did not have a romantic connection at all. Um, and I think that happens more often than not in relationships, especially longstanding relationships where people are evaluating, like, what are we doing here? Because all of that, you know, initial attraction or the things that, you know, we were building have been built. And a lot of times in, um, in established relationships, especially as empty nesters, and I talk to clients about this often, um, there has to be a reason outside of children and mortgages and vacations and, and work that keep people together. Uh, and then that always, that's not something we are consciously thinking about as we are in relationship. So recognizing that as relationships happen over time and experiences are happening both individually and collectively, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. And there can still be a lot of love and a lot of um, appreciation for the other person. And we still just don't work together anymore. So when people come into my office, um, you know, I have a conversation. So I attach, I approach uh, couples counseling, relationship counseling in a, a four part, you know, kind of addressing things. Uh, and the first one is history. And so we look at how you met and what attracted you to each other and what did you have in common and what worked, right? Uh, and a lot of times I will have them write their timelines separately and then come back to me. Uh, and then we talk about it and they're like, oh, I forgot that happened. Or, oh yeah, that's right. Your uncle was weird. Or, <laughs> you know, we really enjoyed, you know, going hiking and we took a lot of trips together. Um, and then I address their conflict style and where that came from. Um, and conflict style, and I've talked about it in the, the conflict podcast, generally comes from our family of origin and how conflict was addressed in our homes uh, and what that looked like. And then I talked to the clients about how they approach conflict within their dynamic. So the next one is communication skills. And so we look at uh, how they are communicating and where are the missteps of communication. Communication is interesting because we say words to each other all the time, but we also say things with our bodies. We also say things with our uh, use of space and distance. Uh, we say things, you know, in in how we express affection and uh, connection, those kinds of things. After reading uh, What Everybody is Saying by Joe Navarro, uh, I have a more clear understanding of nonverbals and what the body is saying from, you know, your toes to your head, which is really kind of fascinating to think about. And I started to assess things and look at things a little bit differently that way too. Um, and so when we start to, to do communication, I give them, uh, there's a, a page that's got like six communication things that need to be addressed. And so I have them pick separate ones. And then I have them use those in that space between sessions. What I find is uh, that the ones that they pick for themselves are the ones that they actually want their partners to work on, which is really interesting. But in a problematic relationship situation, and eat, like I said, this is in an ideal situation that is not brought with like drama or violence or, uh, you know, a lot of arguing or uh, I use the four horsemen of the apocalypse from uh, the Gottman theory. And there are four things that, you know, definitely precipitate a breakup. In a, in a relationship, or they definitely identify that there are problems that will not make this relationship longstanding. Um, 
I recognize that like, if they are not actively or don't have the same appreciation for the person that they're in a relationship with, it will dissolve. I have been, um, as a therapist, a participant in a conscious dissolution of um, dissolving of relationship. And what I know to be true is there there is a lot of love and respect oftentimes in those breakups that have a lot of opportunity to recognize from a self-awareness place, this is no longer working for me. Now, when I talk about codependency, oftentimes I talk about having needs and recognizing your own needs. And when we're in relationship, we do tend to put someone else's needs ahead of our own. Um, I had made a post about how consideration or being considerate is kind and being overly concerned with somebody else's emotional well-being is codependency. Water. When we talk about um, conflict specifically and look at how people are interacting with each other, like I said, barring those, you know, big fights or big, uh, you know, conflict moments, there is a lot of unspoken communication and there's a lot of introspection in who we are and who I am in this relationship. I find that very helpful to start to increase your self-awareness of how this dynamic of a relationship fits in who we are and where we're going. And so as we get to the end of the four part, you know, how I approach relationships, I talk about needs. And oftentimes the two individuals in the relationship have lost sight of what their needs are as individuals. And then when they start to recognize what they are, recognize that the other person may not be either aware of them or able to fulfill those needs. I can say that from my experience, at the end of my relationship, um, we'd given it a, a lot of effort in terms of trying to build from where we were once our daughter had left and, and you know, I was working on my career and he had gone back to school. Um, the needs that we had at the beginning of the relationship were no longer part of that relationship dynamic. And I came with, these are my needs. Like, this is, this is what I would like and actually need to be able to sustain this relationship. Uh, there was a lot of attempts on his part, which is not a character flaw or whatever. Like he really did try, but that's just not who he was or where he wanted to be. That said, at some point, I consciously had to say out loud, I do not want to be married anymore, which is really hard uh, for people who, you know, have separated in relationship. A lot of times we will go without saying it and then just behave and grow further and further apart. Um for some people, saying it is like, I'm waiting for them to say it, <laughs> and so I don't have to say it. Um, I don't have to, to do the thing. Uh, and like I said, in, in relationships that, for the most part, or on paper, look fine, uh, you know, it's really difficult to then come to the awareness of, like, this no longer serves who I am trying to be or where I am going, and I'm going to need to say that out loud to you. Ugh. I remember the day... Um, so I'd gone to a conference, a women's conference in Phoenix, and it was like a long weekend. It was amazing. A bunch of really incredible speakers, all the things. And it really re-solidified for me that who I am working towards being in, in life does not fit in this relationship anymore. 
And so I came home and uh, it was a weekend. My mom was staying with us at the time and the words just kind of <laughs> kept floating over my head. Like I needed to say them out loud. And that was really challenging. Um, and then I did, I just blurted it out. I don't want to be married anymore. And, uh, and I think he was surprised, like not shocked, wasn't blindsided. Um, but definitely had an awareness that like something was coming. Uh, and then there was a lot of emotion. Um, and then there were a lot of conversations, but it was very respectful. And there, I mean, our relationship, we didn't have a lot of conflict. We didn't have a lot of fighting. Um, there have been a couple other opportunities for me to like have an awareness that like this conscious separation and recognition of who I am, what my needs are and where I'm trying to grow and be, does this fit in there or do I fit in this relationship? And so when we think about how we continue to evolve, grow and change, like I have a lot of people who come to uh, counseling and now to coaching who want to be the best versions of themselves. And if they have a supportive partner who wants to participate in at least just holding space for that growth, the likelihood of that relationship continuing is, is pretty likely. Now I have had clients come in and I've had you know devastating, really difficult things happen and their partner just cannot hold space for that. And they may not be able to say that, but that awareness is very present that, you know, my partner doesn't show up. My partner's not willing to listen. My partner is absent, either physically, emotionally, or mentally from this dynamic, and it's not working anymore. And so oftentimes people will linger in that, you know, two ships passing in the night, you know, two ghosts in the house kind of relationship for a long time. Um, and part of that is cultural, and part of that is religious, and part of that is um, having this expectation of, what will people think, as I've talked about in the past, um, from an outside perspective, people don't necessarily know what's happening in a relationship dynamic behind closed doors. And so when we consciously choose that this is no longer working for us or, you know, our relationship dynamic, things are changing, you're working out of town or you're going to school somewhere else or, you know, I'm, I am spending a lot of my time working on me and taking care of me. Um, there are conversations and the conversations are difficult to have. And sometimes it happens in front of a therapist, but oftentimes it'll happen over time at home or wherever, you know, you're spending time together. There is a lot of healthy communication that can happen in that conscious breaking of a relationship or separating or, you know, detaching, whatever it is. Um, and so what I encourage clients to do, especially because I'm generally seeing both, uh, and then sometimes I'm just seeing one, um, but is, is a recognition of not just the things that weren't working, right? It is an awareness of how the individual showed up in that relationship, um, and not in a, you know, you're a terrible person, you know, beat yourself up. But in, in a way of honoring and recognizing how you showed up in that relationship and what was good for you, right? I do recognize that in not my marriage, but then another subsequent relationship, what I learned in that dynamic as I was not getting my needs met was how to love myself more and how to really recognize what my needs were and how to really honor that I was 
growing and changing in these ways that were positive, even though this other part of my, of my relationship or my myself was not, it was not fulfilling. It wasn't growing anymore. I do recognize that sometimes when people break up or, you know, are no longer together, it feels, and it is very much a grieving process. And so, um, as we are talking about, you know, as I'm writing this, like, conscious dating perspective, really recognizing a lot of the questions that I'm asking is, who, who were you in that relationship? How did that come to be? And then how did it come to not be? How did it come to end? Um, and really recognizing, like, who are you in this dynamic? And what would you like in another, you know, relationship? Or what can you grow within yourself? Increasing your self-awareness of how you showed up in the ways that were good and positive in this dynamic of connection. Did you build connection, communication, and understanding and show up as your best self? A lot of times when we don't have that self-awareness and we aren't, you know, doing our personal work, um, we're kind of oblivious of like how that dynamic happens. Um, if we are you know, good at having like an accountability buddy or, or people outside of our, our uh, romantic relationship and kind of asking them like, how am I showing up? Am I different? Do you see changes? Do you see a difference in how I am interacting? Sometimes we don't have that external perspective. Um, sometimes we don't have people who can give us an honest perspective or an honest opinion in how we are showing up in the world, which is a little unfortunate, but you know, Friends are hard to come by. I get that. Um, I do recognize that if you have people who know you and see you, who are close to you and can give you that honest perspective, it's really helpful to have somebody support you and say, you know, you are so good at blah, blah, blah thing. And these are things that I saw in that relationship that, that were helpful in terms of who you are and how you show up. As you separate and then start to build yourself back up, really finding yourself again is going to be the important part that helps with that grieving process, that helps with that building of your own self-concept so that it's not so tied up in that other person. Who I was 20 years ago is a whole different human than I am today and even 10 years ago. And for some people, like a year ago, who I was and so sometimes those relationships fit, don't fit anymore because who we are has shifted. It has changed. My perspective is different based on the experiences that I've had. And so when we can come with respect and, you know, um, appreciation for that other person who has been your partner through these things, right? Um, being able to have that communication and conversation that says, hey, I honor you and I respect you and I appreciate all that you have poured into this relationship and I am grateful as I move forward without it, which can be really uncomfortable. Um, but it is important to recognize, you know, as we evolve and as we evaluate the relationships that we're in, do they support where we're going and who we're trying to be, right? Oftentimes, especially at the beginning and then, you know, when we're raising kids or, or building businesses or building houses or doing whatever, um, we get, we lose sight of who we are in this connection. And it's important to recognize that when those projects or, um, you know, tasks have come to completion, 
we are different. We have put ourselves into these relationships. And so from a codependency perspective, recognizing a lot of times we fall in love with potential. And I've said it, you know, a lot of times on the podcast and certainly, you know, in my writing and and my videos and stuff, um, we fall in love with potential. And then when we do that and we say, oh my God, this person is so good and they can be so good at all these things. And then they don't, what it feels like to them is pressure is that I, you know, we, we take on different roles in the relationship of, you know, parental roles or disciplinarian or, you know, somebody authoritarian, authoritarian parent. Um, and that's not sexy. It doesn't build connection. What it builds is resentment. And so when we fall in love with potential or the possibility of who this human can be and who we can be together and it doesn't come to fruition, that feels like pressure. It feels like resentment. It feels like anger. It feels like disconnection. And we get further and further away from what we were trying to connect and build from. And so when we can recognize, okay, <laughs> I, I own that I fell in love with potential and I didn't really honestly see who the other person was. I didn't see consistency in what they said and what they did. Then, then I have to own my part too. And I have to recognize I didn't show up as my best self because I was not paying attention to all the things that were happening. And then we can take an opportunity to reflect on who we are and who the person was. In those conscious separations, in honoring and respecting the other person and saying, I really appreciate who you were and how you showed up in this relationship. I am grateful for these things that we were able to do and be build and see and experience. And I'm also going to move forward, taking those experiences with me. And we're going to separate now. There is still grief. There is still sadness. There is still anger. Sometimes there's resentment. And that's an opportunity for you to then process those things separate from that person. Sometimes it takes several attempts (laughs) to separate. Uh, Sometimes people do that back and forth yo-yo thing um, and really kind of want to make it work. And the problems are still the problems. But, you know, sometimes we have done the work to be able to to, uh, approach them differently. Um, But that's not always the case. And so as I look towards, you know, helping people to consciously pair again, uh, it's important to recognize who you were in your previous relationships. It's important to recognize how you showed up. It's important to, like I said, honor and respect the person that you shared space with and time with and intimacy and connection with. And, you know, not just look at what you didn't like and what you didn't get, but look at what you did like and what worked and how you grew and challenged yourself to be a better version of you in that dynamic. I am super grateful for both of my exes because they helped grow me in a different way. And had they not been the humans that they were, I would not be and have the world perspective that I have now. Um, I look forward to having, you know, other humans in my life and sharing space with them. Um, But I also recognize that like, I'm really good the way that I am now and grateful for the opportunity that I had to share space with these people. I hope that helps and gives you some perspective on how to do that in a graceful, kind way. Um, Not every breakup is dramatic and terrible and not every breakup is like ghosting and completely like, you know, I don't know what happened. Um, I know that there's a thing that had come up on Reddit or this like couple was talking to this other couple and the guy got broken up with by the girl and he said something to the effect of um, that she had been, he felt blindsided. And 
in further processing it with this other couple, they had talked about how, um, yes, the, the girl was upset and frustrated and the guy said something to the effect of a tolerable level of, you know, dissatisfaction. I think people assume that we're just, it's supposed to be hard and it's just not going to work all the time and we just stick it out. Um, that's not the case. It's okay to walk away from something that isn't working anymore. And it might be uncomfortable and there might be a lot of pressure externally that, you know, you guys seem like the perfect couple or I just thought you were going to be together forever or I had no idea that, you know, there were problems. Most people don't know about the problems that are happening in a couple or a relationship. And sometimes there aren't big problems. Sometimes it just doesn't work anymore. And so it is okay to acknowledge that and to move forward. Um, I do encourage people to evaluate for themselves the things that are good in a relationship and not just focus on the problems. That's why we look at history. That's why we work on addressing communication and conflict style. And that's also why I look at needs and what your needs are because our needs evolve and change just like we do. That is your nugget for today. I hope that that gives you some perspective uh, and a little bit of hope recognizing that like, yes, people definitely come together and separate and are okay after that. It does take grief. It does take an opportunity to just be sad or to be upset. And then you grow and heal and then you change. And so there's your nugget. I will talk to you soon. Um, working on the relationships uh, or the conscious dating workshop, which will be coming in September at Discovering Greatness. And, uh, and I will come up with more content. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, I have ended the video and I am ending the podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, if you want me to talk about specific topics, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. I want to acknowledge that Illinois and Wisconsin, California, and um, Arizona are all doing great at listening. New Mexico, thank you. Canada, doing a great job. Um, I have gotten, you know, listeners, I've gotten new followers. I'm very excited about that. Um, thank you so much for taking an opportunity to listen to LX2 Codependency Coaching, and I will talk to you soon.